Welcome to the Wonder Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. In this episode, I interview Nate Ritter of RoomSteals. It is a Chrome browser extension that you can use to find out super great deals on rooms. So whenever you're visiting a hotel, boom, you get notification of the best deal out there. It's actually a pretty cool app. I've tried it. But we actually don't spend too much time talking about it. Instead, we get into the nitty-gritty of all the things about travel and the seedy underworld of travel. What is wholesale pricing? How do you get into it? And all the fun and games that happen behind the scenes that most tourists are not even aware of. So I hope this is a helpful podcast for those who want to learn a bit more about the backstory of travel. I'm so fucking old that I actually remember <laughs> once when Expedia did not allow you to do a certain number of searches. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It's just like, I mean, today we're laughing at it. But back then, what people would do is that they would, I guess, I don't know if it was travel agents or somebody was just like searching for a million fares. And they're just like, wow, you're, you're really taxing our database here. And, you know, every little <laughs> query, it costs us some money. And, and so they had to put a cap. And of yeah. course, now we're kind of laughing at that because we're, you know, now we have like incredible amount of, of, of data mining and all that kind of stuff being flying around anyway. So, but that still exists. The funny thing is that still, that, that cap still exists. It's just that you, you don't see it. Oh yeah. Really? It still exists. Yeah. There's, there's uh, a ratio. So they ra so, they, they so, raised it. Well, they changed it a, a little, it's called look to book. And then, and what they do is basically it's the ratio is how many times do you look at something before you book it? Now, it's not necessarily to the consumer's problem anymore. Now it's a problem of what we call caching. And in the technology um, space, what that means is we're basically going to go look at, we're going to look at this hotel price for this date, and then we're going to hang on to that and not not do, not do look at it again for some period of time. It might be an hour, it might be a day, whatever it is. But then anybody who, look, who goes to look for that price, we're going to give them the cached version, a saved version of that, until they're ready to actually book the thing. And that might, we're, we're trying, and what then we're what guessing... Happens? Well, then we might then we're going to actually have to check to see what that price really is right at that moment and it, we might be off we might have to change something slightly here or there or we might have to eat it or you know there's a lot of different ways to handle that but that that look to book ratio still exists and it's just all done in the middlemen so you don't get you don't have to see what's going on as a consumer but i as the as one of the middlemen do have to deal with that wow if somebody's looking all the time i have to actually cut them off as a source or they have to start booking something because they're probably scraping data, you know, when stuff you're like saying, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so when you're saying you have to cut them off, you as this plugin ex extension on the browser, all right. of a sudden somebody can start abusing it and then you get penalized as the creator of the browser extension. Right, exactly. Because the people who own the inventory can say, well, hey, you've looked at this 100,000 times and you haven't bought anything, so right. you're not worth it to us. So we're gonna cut right. you off and you no longer get our inventory. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, by so, the way, is there is there a truth to the rumor that they raise fares on weekends because that's when most people actually book stuff and Tuesday is cheaper and that kind of stuff? Uh, it's much more complicated than that now. But okay. yeah, I mean, the 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 complication is that they don't have to do it on the weekend. They do it dynamically. 
So it could be based on the fact that they know you're a big purchaser. It could be based on the, how many things that you've done in the past. It could be based on what sites you've visited. Um, it could be based on the fact that you're in a particular country and not in a, another country. If you turn on a VPN and switch switch to a different like Expedia.ca instead of .com, you may get a different price. And that's not just because of the exchange rate, it's because they don't know who you are. So those kinds of things are playing all through not only the travel industry, but every industry. It is dynamic, it's according to your behavior, and it's gonna change depending on how many times you look at it. If you look at it, ten, you know, maybe they know that the fourth time, the on average, somebody looks at a price, it's the time that they're gonna most likely purchase. Well, guess what? The first three times, it's gonna be pretty low. Fourth time, maybe it'll change because you're about ready to buy. Mm. Right. So they, might, is, you, they might raise it slightly just because sure. they can't raise it too much because if all of a sudden some people like if it if it just goes up an extra ten dollars they're like ah oh, well then i'm just not going to go or i'm going to look mm. at a different destination so yeah. some people are extremely price sensitive yeah there are and i'm oversimplifying right mm. this is very complex the data yeah. behind it most people don't even actually realize how it really works if you look at it it's not sometimes so there's um, we're going to get deep into machine learning, the difference between machine learning and AI. So um, with with machine learning, it you can you can tell it what the objective is and it can do the thing, but it can't tell you why it did the thing. Right. With with AI, it's the opposite. It, you can tell it what you know, what's what to do. And it's just going to kind of figure out its own path to towards your objective. But, and, but you're telling it like how to do it as opposed to what you're telling it. You're telling it how to get to the objective as opposed to what the objective is. So one of them is it, they're a bit opposite. And the thing about it is, is that what we've got today now is things like rule based programs where we're saying within when you do this, this, this and this, then trigger this price. Right. So if you've visited four sites, four competitor sites and we have a cookie on you, and we know that. Or if you've seen this price four times, then up the uptick the price $10 or 1% or whatever it is, right? That's rule-based. But now we're getting into a place where it's not necessarily rule-based. We don't actually even know what the rules are. All we know is we want this objective to make more money. And what happens is the systems that are behind the scenes are doing their own thing, figuring it out and not telling anybody, hey, we've noticed that it takes four times for this one type of person and maybe for five, 10, 15 other variants of that person, it's gonna take five times, six times, seven times, whatever it is. They, the, it's almost like the machine understands enough to, to push the envelope, but will never actually tell the rules back to the humans. Yeah. That no, was I totally really weird. That. Yeah, of but course it is. It's, it's like true. a black box. <laughs> M mistake fares, which are these ridiculously low fares that accidentally get pushed out there. Will we see an increase of mistake fares or a decrease of mistake fares uh, due to all this AI and machine learning stuff that yeah. seems to be pulling the strings? I, th I have, a well, over the long term, I suspect we'll see a lot less mistake fares. Um, over the short term, though, I suspect we'll bifurcate and we will have a, a lot of the small players who can't afford that kind of technology will continue to make mistakes. And those that can't afford that technology will not because they that just won't be a thing. The machines will basically learn enough to never see it or will have enough verification uh, rules in place, one or the other that will say, hey, are you sh you sure you want to drop this to 150 bucks? Because that's about, you know, a thousand percent less than what you typically run this this on. Right. So I suspect it will get better 
um, because of profitability, anything that, you know, money drives it all. Right. So if you're, if you're losing a lot of money with that, the first thing they'll do is put rules in place and validation in place. And the second thing they'll do over time is going to start to look at like, how do we use machine learning to predict what it should be? And you'll replace the revenue manager with machine learning once you have enough information to be able to do that. So it'll be a lot less. Nate, you're Mr. Smarty Pants. And do you, are you married, <laughs> right? Yes. And do you have children? Yes. Three. Um, uh, yeah. Three children. Okay. So yeah. perfect example. You've got your family of five. And you want to go to, I don't know, Hawaii, Paris, or any other destination, or just, I don't know, Kansas City. Um, what, what do you do to, like, find that best fare? Or do you have, like, a secret back door in your app and you can get some really amazing fares? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, so I've, I've used uh, what I call travel hacking, and I think a lot of other people use a similar term. But um, the best thing that we can do is find the cheapest way to to tr do those travels. So whether that's through flights or accommodations, those are usually the biggest bang for your buck. And with three kids, I don't have a lot of time. So those are the two places I spend most of my time. Um, so wait, the, so besides flight and accommodation, are you talking about as opposed to wasting your time on on a car rental, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Car rentals or, you know, looking for different prices on a particular tour or whatever, you know. A, okay. You know, Disneyland like fair. Like, oh, like Disneyland costs cheaper on Tuesday and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of margin. And this is the thing is like, there's a lot of margin. You spend a lot on flights. So that's the first place you're going to try and cut back. And then you, you spend a lot on accommodations. And I think the other thing for accommodations, and this is where, why I built what I built, but the other thing that with accommodations is with flights, there's not a ton of margin there. So what you're looking for is like somebody to either make that mistake fair or to um, adjust your time period. Like when do you go? You're going to go off season. You're going to go to, you know, someplace that's um, still nice, but, you know, maybe it's on the shoulder and it's not so expensive or you find maybe you're cool with like going on Christmas and nobody else wants to go on Christmas. Fine. Be flexible. Right. So mm -hmm. those kinds of things are great. But with hotels, it's about um they have a the margin on hotels is massive um and oh, so really? they have the, hold on oh, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. really <laughs> yeah hotel margins are massive and and airline fares are not yeah yeah the margin i mean if you think about the fuel cost that it takes um to to go back and forth and all the 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 things that have to go into flying a person a group of people from one place to another it is an exorbitant expense um, and they and there are really no middlemen either. I mean, the online travel agencies and those kinds of things, they don't exist to make a lot of money off of those. They're, they exist because they're just you have to travel and they're going to want to know when you're traveling. So if you're going to book a flight, great. But then then the question is, like, how much can you make every, everywhere else? So that's their milk at the back of the account at the back of the store that you have to walk to. And everything else on the aisle is open for making a lot of money on. OK, so so, so basically yeah. you're suggesting that. The reason people can find, let's say, a 10 euro price for a plane ticket from London to Romania or any other of these ridiculous fares that we have all found where it's like, my God, this is it's like half the price of a bus and it takes, you know, 10 percent of the time. And like, how is this even possible? And, and a lot of times we're scratching our heads. So it sounds like you're saying that this is like a loss leader and that they're hoping to get you on upgrades and buy this food and then pay for luggage and maybe upgrade yes. your seat. And that's their hope because if, but if nobody takes those little upgrades, 
then they're fucked. I mean, they're basically yeah. going to lose money, right? If yeah, everybody they, if everybody was a cheapskate like me, <laughs> they're all going to lose. They're going to go bankrupt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. There, no, not everybody is. We all we all think we are. We're like, oh, I'm going to take that twenty dollar flight to Lisbon. And then they're like, ah, yeah, but do you want water on that flight? And you're like, oh, crap, I didn't bring my water. <laughs> like, oh, that'll be $10, right? I mean, they're making their money, right? So right. They, they understand the human psychology. And, they, and, and I mean, you're talking about discount fares and, and, uh, or discount airlines, and that's fine. And th- they make their, their, you know, not a different way. Whereas, like, you know, if you do a, a luxury liner or something like that, they're making it in a different, in a, everything's provided, right? Well, it's because you've already paid for it all. Once you build a hotel, your costs are done. Now you have to recoup those costs and pay off your loans, right? So all of that is relatively fixed. And then you have the, the I'll say it's relatively fixed costs for your staff and your lights and your, you know, all of your overhead, right? So let's just say like worst case scenario, you have um, some mid-tier hotel and it costs your staff to turn over a room at your staff, your overhead, everything. Let's call it 30 bucks a night to turn over a room, right? What you wanna do is you want people there for four nights, so you don't have to turn over the, the room as often. And then you wanna maximize your revenue. So people they, they hire somebody called a revenue manager, and that person's there to try and figure out what the market is doing. Do we have a huge golf tournament in town? Is it great weather? Is there, you know, somebody's doing a discount and flying people in. There's a major event like Comic-Con in San Diego or, or whatever. Whatever's going on in the marketplace, they look at it and go, high season, great, we're gonna max out, we're gonna you know, up the rates. Simple supply and demand, but they have all kinds of things that they're trying to take into account all at the same time. And they have a single person, the big brands do, have a person who's going, all right, for this hotel, here's what we think we're gonna get. And they're trying to maximize it so that they can get the most revenue um, and, and, and try and balance that out with their occupancy. They're never good looking for 100% occupancy. If they're at 100%, they've priced it too low. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance between occupancy and revenue. So because of that, if you think about it, the the turnover is 30, let's call it 30 bucks. If to turn over a room is $30, and let's say for a penthouse suite, I mean, how much more could it be to turn over a penthouse suite, right? It can't be- 60 bucks? 60, yeah, I mean, call it 60, 100, let's call it 100 bucks, right? Oh, yeah. Penthouse suites go for what, $3,000 a night sometimes? Yeah. I mean, the margin's incredible. Right. And, and to, to that point, like, so here's here's the exact situation talking about a penthouse suite. When I started asking questions about this wholesale inventory that I started finding, I actually found one hotel in Portugal and one hotel in Las Vegas, and they were both $3,000 a night penthouse suites. I can't afford that. But when I looked at the wholesale inventory, I looked at it and I found the exact same dates, exact same hotel, exact same room for $300 a night. They're wow. covering their they're covering their margin and they're still making a little extra, right? But they're doing that so that everybody in the middle who's who might have an opportunity to book that person into that room is gonna get a little slice of that pie. Now here's the kicker is Expedia was selling that for $3,000 a night. They're taking $2,700 in margin and they used to only get 10%, 10 to 20%. So now they're switching from the commission model, which is that 10 to 20% to the wholesale model where they get to keep $2,700. And that's how they're making all of their money from the online travel agency side. And now if you think about like the revenue manager, they're like, well, let's, let's call it 300 bucks. Cause we just, you know, we're already at occupancy, you know, 
it's fine. Let's let's give some money out to so and so, whoever, like the travel managers or of the world, and let's get them to book somebody to come in because maybe what they care about is having somebody in the door that's going to go. Maybe it's a casino, and they're going right. to go spend some money at the casino, right? So now, again, back to the kind of like the the type the of leader. business model you have, right. right? Yeah, for that kind of person, they're okay taking the loss lead, lead, leader kind of position. Whereas if they book it direct, you know, they'll keep that 2,700 bucks. The hotel will be happy to book that out to their loyal members, right? right? So, and what I found is when that happened, I was a bit ticked when I saw it because I was like, wait a minute. So yes, I do my travel hacking. Yes, I find my things, but it's I don't have like a back door to hotels or anything like that. It's just looking at it in the best way possible and trying to find, can I use points? Can I take out a credit card and, and churn through that kind of stuff? Can I, um, you know, find a, uh, I found um, home exchange uh, networks that would come up and there would be new startups and they would be giving away points, like two weeks worth of points. If you just put your home up on it, but you don't actually have to ever rent it out to anybody or switch with anybody. So I would do those kinds of things and collect all these points and then go spend them. Sure. But when it comes to hotels, if you're not doing that, it's really hard to find a deal. And then I saw this and I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me that the OTAs are going to take $2,700, the hotel is going to take $300 and I'm still paying three grand for that penthouse suite. This is why I'm not paying three grand for a penthouse suite ever. But <laughs> but mm. the thing is, is that I saw it and I was a piss. I was like, there's no transparency. And why should Expedia get $2,700? Mm. I'll you know, take, take 300 if that's what you have to do, but you don't, do not need 2,700. So back to the history, mm. the you know, the, the online travel agencies and the hotel were the hotel brands started competing with each other and they, they fought with each other. And at some point they all figured out this is a dumb idea and they came together and they said, let's have a rule. We're going to have a rule that if it's public, it has to be the same rate as everybody else. Our whole industry is going to keep it the same. And that's why today, if you go to Expedia or you go to kayak or you look at anything, you're going to find 20 bucks difference, maybe. Right. Mm. There are the occasional groups who will come in and will ruin that rule and they'll get a slap on the wrist. And then uh, they'll be like, we're going to take away all your inventory. But those groups sometimes are so big that they slap them on the wrist and they say, you can't do that. And then a month later, they're back up and running and they're, hey, we'll play nice. And then pretty soon, every now and then they drop the price really hard. So it's all games. Right. But the, the general rule is industry. We're going to if it's public. It's going to be the same, same rate everywhere. And here's a key. If you look at Priceline, you know how Priceline, um, how you can say if it's a $3,000 night hotel, you might say, well, I want to bid on that. I'm going to give you, I'm going to say 2,500 because then I feel like I'm saving 500 bucks. Right. And then behind the scenes, they're still taking gobs of money, like $2,200. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. We'll do that. We're not going to tell you which hotel, right. We'll keep that private. So we can sell you that rate off of what the industry says it's supposed to be because we haven't told you which hotel it is. But if you're willing to spend $2,500, I have a deal for you. That's how that works. Right. So they're doing it. It's They're all selling the same inventory. They're just doing it a different way. And that's where I came in. I thought, no, no, we're all going to the bottom of the barrel here. Let's just go there quicker. So so, so. so what do you? What does your technology or your uh, plug-in allow people to do you're accessing these wholesale prices and how are you able to do that and how does the customer benefit 
Yeah. So we have an aggregator who looks at all kinds of sources of inventory, and then we pick all out all of those wholesale prices and we expose those to the end consumer. And so the way we make money then is see we don't we don't make any money on the transaction at all. And this is this is what's very different from the rest of the industry. We make no money on the transaction. So when somebody books, they're booking at the lowest rate that we can possibly give it. Our aggregator, our vendor, does take a percentage of, of that. So I will disclaim that. And and that's that's how they make their money is through transactions. But it is a fixed percentage on top of anything that happens. So so for us, we look at it and say, well, how would we make money? Well, number one, we think that this industry that, that the industry is great, but the trust factor sucks. So we're going to we're going to change that by saying we're not going to make any money off the off commission we're not going to make any money off margin we're just going to put it out there if it's good book it but the difference is we're going to switch the model to more of like a costco subscription subscription model so our price right now is 59 dollars a year we're going to up it to 95 here shortly but the idea is you you when you you will give you the prices. We'll show them to you. We have to know who you are. So you have to like log in with a social account or have a have an account with us. Once you have that account, now we know who you are and you're considered part of the closed user group model, which means it's private. So because it's private pricing, I can now show you what the wholesale rate is. And so with that, um, I'm going to I'm going to be able to show you what that rate is. But because our model, we're switching the model as well, and we don't want it to obfuscate like we don't want it to be weird where we take some percentage anymore. That's what everybody else does. We're talking about transparency and honesty here. So let's just go ahead and show you what the rate is. And what we're going to do is we're going to monetize on the trust factor. So the subscription model is, you know, an annual fee and then you can book as much as you want. No commission, no margin. And that's it. That's all there is to it. It's extremely simple. We have one price point. And that's all. And not everywhere has a wholesale rate. So that's where you might see like our price might be the same as somebody else's because there's no wholesale rates in town. But but or not not for that hotel, maybe because it's a big event or something like that. Maybe the supply and demand says there were as the hotels in that area, we're not going to have a wholesale rate because everybody as a revenue manager, we know everybody's coming into town and there's no need to have anything on the wholesale channels. But but that's not common. That's that goes all over the place, you know, it, and it depends on the days, it depends on the hotels and all those kinds of things. But generally speaking, they play in that wholesale area and they're they're willing to give that ho hotel out for distribution in a, in a different manner. And they're willing to to do it at a price that covers their costs, makes them some profit and increases their their uh, occupancy rate. And that's it. So we're looking at it just purely like, hey, we're not going to play these games anymore. Like, let's just go there. Here's what the price is. <laughs> right. You want, and in fact, right now you have to book with us, but because we don't make any money on it, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to start referring people out to other places. So we're going to say, hey, you know what? If we don't have the best rate, Booking.com does for some reason because it's, there's no wholesale rates in town, we'll tell you to go to Booking.com. This is where yeah. the best price is. And then you'll make a little commission off that, I imagine. Yeah, we probably will. But even if we don't, um, I've told there's been a couple um, groups that I've talked to. And they're like, yeah, we have good prices, but we don't have enough margin to give you an affiliate commission. I'm like, fine, I don't care. Okay. Give it to me anyway, I'll, I'll send them to you. I don't really care because I'm not making money off of the transaction anyway. I don't need that. What I what I want is I want the subscriber base. What I want is the people's trust. And, and I think that's what's lacking right now. So that's right. where we're headed. Speaking of trust, there's something that I don't really trust sometimes when I go to, let's say, booking.com and they'll they'll see this little pop up in the corner of the screen and says, 
three rooms available left at this price or only yeah. one more room available at this price. This episode is sponsored by Rerouted, which is creating a trusted online marketplace to revolutionize the used outdoor gear industry. This allows you to create your own adventure. You know, buying outdoor gear is super expensive and Rerouted is allowing you to do it in a sustainable and inexpensive way. For those who are buying gears, it's great because you're doing something that is environmentally responsible. You're recycling, reusing material and gear. You're also able to get it at an affordable price. So that's the win for those who are buyers. What about for the sellers? Well, you can donate to charity and you can have 50% of the sale of price go to your favorite charity. And also it's a great way just to get rid of stuff that's been accumulating in your closet and not put it into a landfill. It's a great alternative. So how do you get involved? Whether you're a buyer or a seller, you go to rerouted.co. Again, that's rerouted.co. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about another podcast I think you'll enjoy. If I've learned anything about you, it's that you want real talk about the world around you. That's why I think you'll like the podcast Out Travel the System, brought to you by Expedia. It's taking a transparent look at what it's like to travel these days, whether it's through stories from people who have continued cautiously traveling through the pandemic or by staying tuned to the very latest news from the industry. OutTravel the System is backed by a solid foundation of data from Expedia, which means it can guide listeners through the best ways to maximize their travel budgets. The podcast is providing inspiration by talking to people who have made travel a central part of their lives, from professional travel bloggers to travel journalists and beyond. This season features U.S. destinations like Chicago, Boston, and New York, as well as international locations like Spain and France. The episodes will guide you through when to go, where to stay, what to do, and everything else you need to know. Look for Out Travel the System on your favorite podcast platform and like and subscribe now. No matter when I'm booking, it always seems like there's only one room left at this price, no matter what the hell I'm doing. And I'm so I'm kind of skeptical, like, really? Is this is this accurate? Now I realize uh, that 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 they have an inventory, that they have yeah. maybe a certain set inventory of certain prices. So in that sense, it doesn't mean that's the only room left. It just means the You're only right. room of that con- particular configuration with a queen size bed and da 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 and there's only one left at that price. So that I they guess have access to. That yes. they have access to. But if you go to a different website, they have a different inventory and not yeah. necessarily overlapping with that. So am I reading this yeah. correctly? Yeah, you're right. They're, yeah, they have their own inventory as well as they're aggregating from others too. There's the whole underlying market of wholesale um, hotels are run by companies called bed banks. And that's a piece of the inventory that you're gonna see everywhere because um, they'll, they're will they looking for distribution too. So they're gonna sell to Expedia and Booking and like a million mom and pops as well. So you're seeing that inventory plus any inventory that they might have contracted themselves. And, and that kind of like mixes together. And so when you see the one left, you're not sure if it's like one of the bed banks or it's one of their own contracted inventory, but somehow it's it's squeezed down into the, the one, right? So, but it's one of whatever they have access to. It's not one at that hotel. Right. Right. It's typically. Right. And the other thing is that 
I'm wondering what is your motivation, Nate, and to get into this big headache, because it really is just one big fucking <laughs> headache. And I yeah. don't know what motivates you to like say, hey, this looks like a great headache. Let me dive headfirst into this thing and really ruin my life. And so what <laughs> motivated you to get involved in this massive headache? Because it's it's a really, really complicated and super paradoxical. And sometimes I find myself, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this finds themselves, sometimes spending, let's say, three hours to save themselves $10 on an airfare or a hotel booking. And, and then after we've gone through that excruciating thing, then they realize, God, I really wasted my time there because I spent three hours to save 10 bucks. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and yet you're not just spending three hours, you're spending your whole life. This is your work <laughs> yeah. to like yeah. <laughs> find these little marginal things and, and that kind of stuff. Now, of course, you occasionally hit these home runs. I'm sure that you're like, wow, I found yeah. myself a super deal. But what got you into this whole thing to begin with? And and where's your passion? Well, yeah, so those, are, well, I'd say those are two different things. I think there's some overlap though. I, I would be lying if I didn't say there's money in it, right? <clears throat> I'm doing it as a business. Um, I'm a Money's business good. guy. Money's good. <laughs> I'm a business guy. It's what, I, and I've always done technology with the idea that it, technology applies to business, right? So, and, and I'll get into the, philosophical part of business too, but. Hold on, but but I mean, there's a lot of ways to make money. And so why yeah. this way? Um, because, well, one, I like travel. Two, I think that there's massive leverage here. I think there's a huge hole that, that we need to expose. Like this transparency thing. I'm, I think with integrity, it's almost, I almost feel like it's an obligation for me to go, hey, there's this thing out here that everybody has access to. If you would just take a second and look at it, you could have it too. And I'm like, why not give this to the world? Mm -hmm. There's no reason why I should have this information all to myself. So I'm a big proponent of like giving from that perspective. Mm -hmm. The other is I, and this is, this is kind of more to the mission, but it's also like something that I truly believe um, is that I believe that everybody should travel and those people who I've met in my life that don't travel, and then I'm gonna, this is gonna sound like a total jackass here, but I feel like they just do not have a perspective on the rest of the world that they could have, that could be to their advantage. They could see things in a different way. They could see things with a bit more empathy. That's probably my biggest point is, I believe that when I travel, I have changed over time because I've been able to look at things through other people's lenses. And I think it's that empathy that I feel like we've really severely lacked in our culture recently. <clears throat> and I think that's not because of the lack of a capability to travel because we've been traveling more now than we've ever traveled in history. However, we've done it with, you know, lately it's been, oh, look at, I'm traveling, click, you know, perfect life. That's not how, that's not what it was, in, that's not, in my opinion, that's not the intention of of travel. I mean, it is for some people, but mm -hmm. I, I guess, and see, I even struggle saying this because I, because I think I've traveled enough and I think I have at least enough of an understanding that everybody's value system is different, <clears throat> that I want that to be, I want people to be exposed to that, to, to be able to say, I walked in this place and I completely uh, directly oppose their idea but they're happy, right? They're doing life completely against all things that I would consider right in this world, but they're happy. 
And this is this is a bit ironic because the people who aren't traveling are happy too. And so I got to leave that alone. But but my belief system is you should travel because then you're going to see a whole lot of things. You're going to see a lot of stuff that gives you a new perspective on life and you will have more empathy. And I think that will be good not only for you, but good for the world. And so you know, it reminds me why. of this guy. His name is Mark and he's a Peace Corps volunteer. And he was in Benin when I met him and he also served in Mali. And he met a woman in northern Benin and she divorced her husband in order to marry a polygamous man. So she was the only wife and she decided to to be a third wife with another man. And he asked her, why did you do that? And he, she said, because I want to have a big family. I, I just love to have an extended big family. And to me, that's what brings me joy. And he said something that stuck with me forever. And it kind of alludes to what you were just saying. He said, I don't think it's my right to tell her what happiness is or what she should be to be happy. Mm -hmm. Exactly what you're saying, which is right. These don't match with my values, but who am I to tell her what she needs to do in order to be happy? Yeah. And I thought that was, and, and he would have never come to that realization had he not gotten off his fucking ass and gone to Mali or to Benin and, yeah. and, and seen this thing for himself. And so uh, you're right. I think it is a wonderful thing travel is. And I, here's the other thing is I agree that there's a lot of people who use the Instagram and, and they travel for that. But and, and most people will go to the Paris's, London's and Italy's of the world. But I think there's a certain segment of the population who, after they've done that, they decided to take a second or third or fourth look into another travel experience. And each time they crave a little bit more and they kind of graduate yeah. down this path. And so I I wouldn't poo-poo, and I don't, I'm not saying you are poo-pooing, the people who are going there and just trying to be Insta-famous with their Instagram right. beautiful shots. It's a good first step. And we should all yeah. applaud them for at least getting out of the house and trying to do something. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then from there, ultimately, they might get addicted to travel and take a second step and a third step. And eventually they're going to have that Benin experience like this Burkina, uh, this guy had in, uh, in, in Benin, this, 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 uh, Mark. The alternative for somebody who's going running around on social media saying my life is perfect. And here's like my amazing trips. The alternative for them is to set the phone down and experience that amazing trip and to get engaged with the culture, right? The alternative for them is generally speaking, not, not traveling, that's not usually the alternative for those kind of people. Mm -hmm. And so that's my, my kind of like dig is I wish, I wish it would be more about um, getting engaged and understanding and being empathetic and not about showing off because I feel like that's the alternative that they're they're They generally speaking will lean towards is that that thing. It's not like they're not going to go travel. They have the funds, they have the means, they have the way of doing it. And, and now I'll caveat that by if that's their business, and that's their method and their way of traveling, I, fine, cool, do your thing, right? It's it's their way of doing it. But my hope is that that same person, even though they might take those pictures, and I don't know anything about those people, but but because they do the, that kind of thing, that they actually do actually set it down and enjoy their, the moment as well. And that's my hope. But I agree with you completely in regards to like, if that's their gateway drug, great, do it, right? Like whatever it takes, man, like just get on the plane. It's like, I'll be happy if anybody just gets on and like goes in and sees a different place. And maybe there's gonna be a moment where they're gonna 
bite into that cr- buttery croissant and they're going to go forever and always I'm going to love Paris. And I'm gonna, and that means I love travel, whatever, whatever the thing is, it might not be only Paris, but maybe that's their gateway drug to, you know, oh, like we could go to Bucharest or something like whatever, right? Like start pushing the envelope a little bit. It should be interesting. Yeah. Yes. Speaking about interesting, tell us a little about your plugin. Your uh, that that where do you have to go to get it, and uh, how do you steal some rooms? Yeah, so um, yeah, it's roomsteals.com. That is the main site, and then um, we have in there uh, a couple of of um, different variations. So we have you can just log straight in and go start looking to book. Uh, And so we have a search engine on there. you can you can look anywhere. We have six hundred thousand hotels in the system uh, that's worldwide. And yeah. you have no intention to like compete with Airbnb and those other types of VRBO and all that stuff. You're going to stick with traditional hotels, correct? Yeah, we've kind of looked at that. I think the thing is we don't want to build a service that's going to compete with them. We if they open up their APIs and have the ability to aggregate some of that, then then we'll be happy to kind of show that off as an alternative. Um, because I think that it's, I think it's fine. There's no, again, there's no, uh, incentive for us to take the transaction. So for us to show VRBOs and Airbnbs and those kinds of things, I think is a good accommodation alternative. And even if we did like home exchanges, those kinds of things, I'd be happy to bring all those and the independent hotels and the, and the, you know, bed and breakfasts. happy to have all of those because they're in they're It's open. Um, okay, we don't so make the money wait, on the transaction. So, uh, are you saying that the. Airbnb doesn't have a API that you can plug into? They do, but they limit who can have access to it. And it's very, very strict right now. So there's very few, few, um, I'll say upstream providers um, to get technical mumbo jumbo, but there's few, there's only a couple who have access to that API right now. And they've been exploring like meta as to what search it looks engines, like. Basically. Yeah, no meta search engines. There's only like a couple partners that I know of, and they may have more, but there's only a couple partners that I know of that have access, and they'll show them um, kind of in line and almost in competition with what hotels are out there um, on maps and like you know listing services and things like that. But it's all a referral basis, so they you, you, know, you don't book the hotel through a third party. You're always linked over to that Airbnb. Um, so that yeah, it, it exists, but um, they're being careful and slow about how they roll that out. So I'm not sure if they'll if they'll open that up to everybody or not. But excellent. Yeah. Well, Nate, uh, it's been a pleasure talking, and I hope everybody goes out to roomsteals.com to get that plugin. And it does not work with the Macintosh, or yeah, it does as long as you're on the Chrome browser. Yeah, okay. right now we're, we're looking at um, putting out new extensions to support other browsers, but right now Chrome is about 65 to 70 percent of the marketplace. Um, what about Brave? Users. Yeah, it. Uh, I believe, so I haven't tested this myself, but I believe that Brave will actually be able to be used. I think there's an extension. I know that Opera, you can. I think that Brave, what it does is uh, you have to get an extension that says, I want to use Chrome extensions. And if you enable that, then you can go get the Chrome extension. I'd have to double check that, but yeah. Okay. Opera, that's how it works, yeah. All right, where's your next trip? Oh man, let's see, uh, next trip. Well, we're gonna keep it close. We're going to Palm Springs. Uh, and I hope my wife does not hear this before I <laughs> surprise her with it. Because <laughs> okay. That'll be for her 40th birthday. So. <laughs> okay. And and what kind, and I hope you got, you booked a hotel already through using your app. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay. Saved about a hundred bucks a night on it. So. <laughs> well, we won't let your your. You'll tell them that you paid full price, honey. 
Of course, of course. She no, she's she. It. No, she's like, hey, you saved a hundred bucks a, uh, a night. What else are you buying for me? And I'm like, dinner out, dinner out. <laughs> And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember ftapon. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.